<laughs> I stop, I'm camping, I'm sleeping in my hammock underneath the stars and it, it really refreshes me and motivates me to like try and leave a positive legacy on the world and it makes green energy and batteries even more, it reminds me how, why it's so in line with my value system. Welcome back to Challenge Accepted, our employee-focused podcast. I'm your host, Anna Lee, and in today's episode, I am joined by Miranda Muse. We talk about her career in gigafactories and automation. We talk about how she ended up in Sweden, of all places, and what she does in her free time. That's it for me, and I hope that you enjoy this episode. Welcome, Miranda. Thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me. So um, I would like you to just sort of uh, introduce yourself and your role here at the company. Sure. Yeah, uh, I am the senior engineering manager of Material Flow and Robotics in our blueprint and factory design organization. So my team does material flow and robotics applications throughout the whole battery manufacturing process and all of our sites for new factories. Sounds like a big job. It's a lot to do, a lot to keep track of, yeah. It's big factories, big yeah. factories. I've been in those production rooms and it's it's a lot. Yeah. You know, I'm going to ask you because you have, uh, I believe you have an interesting background, but none of the listeners uh, know that. Would you like to sort of share some of it? Yeah, sure. I'll start at the beginning, which is I studied physics when I was getting my undergrad degree. And when I started looking at the jobs that I could have with a physics degree, I was like, man, I want to work on something a bit more concrete and uh, slightly less nerdy. So I pivoted <laughs> to industrial engineering for my master's. And while I was there, I got an internship with Tesla, and that ended up being kind of my my dream job, and it started my career in Gigafactories. And then I was on the Panasonic side of that Tesla Gigafactory in Reno before I ended up here at Northvolt for the last three years, so or three and a half now. That's awesome. Yeah. That actually kind of goes into my next question. How did you end up working for Norfolk? I have developed a, or rather gotten quite specialized in gigafactories and the equipment for the high-speed battery manufacturing environment. I was plugging away, working away at Panasonic on some of the equipment and the systems that we have there when somebody from Norfolk reached out on LinkedIn. And mm -hmm. it was at a time in my life where I was feeling like, you know, why not take this adventure? At that point, I had to Google where Sweden was. I think it's a well-known joke that Americans aren't that great at global <laughs> geography. Well, I'm an American myself, so I know exactly that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was just at the right time in my life to make an adjustment like that. That's awesome. Yeah. So that must have been a huge adjustment, though, moving over. Because you, you hadn't lived in Europe before? or Correct. No. Okay. Yeah, uh, it was a huge adjustment and bigger than I had anticipated it would be. So okay. it took me a long time to figure out how to, I mean, I think I still don't blend into society, but I figured out where my place is more now. But it, it, I mean, it took probably the full first year to feel mm -hmm. home-ish. Yeah. Yeah. But you ended up at a very international company. Yes. And thank goodness, yeah. because if it hadn't been for Northville, I don't think I would have lasted two weeks. <laughs> it's uh, from the day that I started here, some of my colleagues, I also I moved during March of 2020, which 
from a global perspective. I don't have to explain <laughs> the situation no. there. And some of my colleagues at Norfolk reached out and said, hey, we acknowledge that this is kind of awkward timing if you want to like meet for a walk outside or something. It's so nice, you though. You need human interaction. Yeah, it was so nice. They saved me. I mean, my colleagues are... Because yeah. that, that could be incredibly lonely, especially it, if you're moving to yeah. a new country, starting in a new company during the pandemic. Yeah. I've Very heard lonely. some story. Yeah. 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 That's, but that's, that's incredibly inspiring. I actually talked to a, a woman who works up at, uh, at Eth who had the exact same story. And she said that her, her colleagues basically saved her because yeah. they, they were all in the same situation and they felt like they needed to, and a lot of people here are from different countries and have families in different countries. Yeah. So I think everyone sort of came together in that moment yeah it's definitely part of the legacy of norfolk i think that's one of our strongest points yeah i agree so i kind of want to go into what you uh what you do and i would like to start off with sort of what is a common myth about your expertise or your job yeah i think the most common myth that i could think of is that it's only technical or that it's super super technical and of course there are elements that are very technical. I mean, it's it's automation, implementation of automation equipment and the concepts for that. But there's also, I mean, no matter what you're doing, I think the most important thing, the most important skill that you can have is being able to tie it to a bigger picture and tell a story. So it's not just about the technicalities and being strong in, you know, equipment design or mechanical engineering. It's a person can know the most about something on a global scale, but it doesn't have an impact if you can't tell the story or get somebody on board who can tell the story and connect it to the big picture. And I think that is a skill that is super valuable with every team member I hire. That's something I'm looking for just as much as the technical skills. So someone who could basically inspire not only you and your colleagues to keep working, but also the ones that you're trying to convince that this will work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and sometimes that convincing is even happening internally. <laughs> so <Yes. laughs> it's, uh, I mean, that's a big part of the job. Yeah. Yeah. I would sort of like to know, like, what inspires you to work in this industry with your background? Because I'm just thinking about people who are listening, who don't really know how to get into this industry at all, or maybe even want to get into what you do specifically. Mm. What kind of advice would you give? I would say that it's important to be able to tie what you're doing to to something bigger. One of my favorite pastimes is to go out camping in nature and since coming to Sweden, this has gotten even cooler because I have this inflatable rubber boat that I can roll up and nice. strap to the bottom of my backpacking backpack. Oh, wow. And I'll just like hike to where the land ends, pump up my boat and be able to paddle out to an island in the archipelago and camp there alone for the night. <laughs> I stop. I'm camping. I'm sleeping in my hammock underneath the stars. And it, it really refreshes me and motivates me to like try and leave a positive legacy on the world and it makes green energy and batteries even more, it reminds me how, why it's so in line with my value system. So are there any challenges you personally and your team are facing right now that you can talk about? Yeah, uh, I think one of the biggest ones is that we have a hard time due to the urgency of this industry and all of the things that even you know Norfolk has going on at once. It's hard to find time or balance in how to do both innovation and improvements to our designs and our processes and our way of working, but also deliver on time with the deadlines that we have. So it takes a lot of discipline to uh, set aside time for both. 
Okay, so if we circle back to Norfolk as a company and your role here, what does sort of a typical day look like for you? Like what kind of things do you do on a daily basis? And I know it's the common answer from a Norfolter is that there's no real typical day, but just try. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say one of my favorite things about Norfolk is that no two days look the same. But I have a, a, or of the kinds of days that I have, sometimes it is like visiting suppliers and building relationships and partnerships ships in the technology we're developing. Uh, sometimes it's attending design reviews and taking part of these cross-functional meetings with the holistic design team for everybody who's working on these new projects from cell design, process equipment, construction. We all come together often to review all of our interdependencies in these designs. And sometimes it's visiting our sites to catch lessons learned from the local teams or to have workshops with them. And I think that's that's my favorite part is that I get a lot of variation and I get to interact with a lot of different people from day to day. That's awesome. I think that's like the one of the biggest sort of plus from Norfolk is the cross function and you get to work with so many different teams. Even though I work in communications, I still work with a bunch of different teams who do all kinds of things in Norfolk. Yeah. And I think that's something that's really unique to be exposed to. And not only that, but even teams who work with completely different things in a company at a normal traditional company, you wouldn't even really cross paths like you would have very little interaction because your your business unit needs to function the way it needs to function and the other one as well. So I think it's it's incredibly unique. That actually kind of brings me into given that we have cross function. Would you say that you learn things like new things every day? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking when you were explaining that is that sometimes I find myself being shocked at how much I know or how much context I have about something that I would consider completely out of my realm. And the opportunity to learn new things every day is a big part of it. But also, you know, it's it's building context. And when you have a company that's quite flat, like Northvolt, or in and super cross-functional like Northvolt, you get a chance to see all of these elements and put your contributions in context, which is like a crucial life skill in general. But also, I mean, especially from a career perspective, the days are gone of, I mean, the reason my job exists is because the days are gone of somebody needing to come show up and push a screw into a, a piece of metal mm. for 12 hours a day. We need to be, you know, understanding where we fit into a big picture, contributing to an overall goal, able to anticipate how what the ripple effect is of our design decisions on other disciplines and other areas of the business. And this connectedness is what sets people apart in terms of like experience and uh, like being really, really great at what they do. No, I think it's, like I said, incredibly unique. That kind of goes into your own personal experience at the company and what you're doing. Have you ever really felt extra proud of something that you worked on? It could be you and your team, what you accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm super, super proud of my team for the last blueprint we delivered. They have really ramped and come together, or I guess to give context, when my team, when when my function started almost two years ago now, it was just me and I had to hire my team from scratch and oh, wow. do the work at the same time. <laughs> and that means that the quality of work was not fantastic. <laughs> but now I have a team of, I think we're 10 today. Yeah, we're 10 today. Oh, wow. And 
they have all, you know, ramped themselves into their role and their context super well. And we are actually fully functioning and delivering these like comprehensive blueprint concepts and and designs and going through this this process to have deliverables for the blueprint that are, well, to me, very exciting, <laughs> maybe not from the outside looking in, but they have come together and really acted as a team to change or to optimize the structure of what we're delivering and to support each other with you know, reviewing designs. And, and I think that scaling of the team is what makes me most proud. Yeah. That must be a, a pretty holistic moment where you started off by yourself and then all of a sudden you have a team that's delivering and you're proud of it and you also built it. Just yeah. seeing that just gives you a whole other sort of like, yeah, purpose in yeah. the sense of like what they've actually been able to deliver and what you and your team have been able to deliver. That's uh, that's really inspiring. You know, to round this episode off, I'd actually like you to share sort of a short uh, personal anecdote. Maybe something to to give the listener. Yeah, the part the the thing that sticks out to me is that I was doing my master's at Clemson, and uh, I had been I was leaving a meeting and had left my lunchbox in the meeting room, so I had to go back in to get it. And when I walked in, there was a conversation ongoing between two professors who were talking about how somebody at Tesla had reached out and asked if there was a, a recent graduate who wanted to work there, and. In the spur of the moment, while I was grabbing my lunchbox, I was like, ooh, can I have that guy's email? And they were like, uh, sure. <laughs> so I emailed him and I was like, hey, my name's Miranda. I really would like an internship. Let's work together, you know, kind of pitching myself. And I was like, you know, this might be weird because <laughs> I got your email from a professor, but here I am. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, great. Okay. You have an interview tomorrow. And just like that, that one moment where I was kind of like, oh, man, Miranda, you left your lunchbox. Uh -huh. And just like that, you know, now I'm specialized in gigafactories and have been in them in my whole career. Uh, it was meant to be. It was meant to be. Yeah. That, that one little moment that it changed everything, but I had no idea at the time. Mm -hmm. It was a ripple effect that then you ended up here. Yeah. And here we are today. And here you are. Well, thank you so much, Miranda, for coming in and doing this. If you're interested in what Miranda does and what automating a factory is like, please go listen to our Future of Energy episode about automating gigafactories. Thank you for listening and hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. <laughs> <laughs>